Good morning and happy Halloween. Welcome back to a new episode of Time Out. I'm your host, Nick Lebrano, joined by my co-host, Gabe Baltiera. How are you doing this morning, Gabe? I'm doing very well, Nick. We got an action-packed show for you today from the World Series to the NFL, so let's jump right in. This week, the Los Angeles Dodgers won the MLB World Series, so what are your thoughts on the win, Gabe? I think it's a big win. I think uh, it was a very close series between the Rays and the Dodgers, but I think the Dodgers deserved a win. You know, I think they played very well um, throughout the entire season, despite having a serious break, um, or actually not even break, start. They didn't even get to start in April um, with COVID. I think they, the MLB did an amazing job, and you know, it seemed that the MLB did an amazing job to c- play this season. You know, no, nobody thought this season was going to be played. And I give very big props to the Dodgers to get this win. This is a huge win. They've been, I think this win has been coming for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Dodgers definitely were going to get a, a World Series win. I knew last year I thought maybe they were going to win it, but they didn't. But this is huge for the Dodgers, very big for the Dodgers. Yeah, this has been like four years in the making. So, like, if we remember, yeah. they 2017 – they lose to the cheating Astros. 2018, they lose <laughs> to the possibly cheating Red Sox. And then last year, they lost to the Nationals, who ended up being the World Series champ. So this year, they kind of broke their curse. I'm really happy for Kershaw. I think Kershaw deserves deserved a ring, and he finally got his ring in L.A. Uh, Mookie Betts is quite possibly one of the best players. I, I think he's a top-two player in the MLB. It's him and Mike Trout. He's got to make the case of who do you think is better. But we have, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. This Dodger team is going to be really good for a long time to come. They don't really have any expiring contracts. Um, the only person that's really going to be up for a contract is Corey Seager this offseason, and he's going to get paid, especially after how he played in the World Series, winning World Series MVP and stuff. Um, Cody Bellinger didn't play as good as everyone put him up to be in this series, in my opinion, but it's fine. Everyone stepped up. Walker yeah. Bueller pitched insane. And... Congratulations to the Los Angeles Dodgers. The city of Los Angeles has another NBA champ, not an NBA championship, just another championship alongside the NBA one so far this year. Um, LA's but, really racking them up. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> but I think that the story of the World Series is tarnished. I think you can say that. Justin Turner um, got pulled in the ninth inning due to a positive COVID test result. He went into the game with an inconclusive test result. After the Dodgers won the series, Justin Turner apparently just didn't listen to MLB guidelines and then went back onto the field and celebrated with his teammates, fully knowing he had COVID-19. I think this totally tarnishes the Dodgers World Series win. Not only that, I think it tarnishes what the MLB had going this year for itself. Uh, I think with that is literally the season ended with somebody getting COVID in the ninth inning of the World Series. I don't see that. So I find it incredibly poetic. Yeah. You know what, Nick? I really, it really, as you said, just destroys this beautiful picture that the LA Dodgers put up for themselves. You know, they're, so this is supposed to be a time where the Dodgers are supposed to be celebrating and having a, a, you know, with their team and family members, they have been working so hard and the, and the MLB isn't working so hard. And this kind of just, throws it all away mm-hmm. i think that this is uh, very foolish and childish of the mlb and the la dodgers because we all know that they were that you that they get tested before every game before every practice 
and you're supposed to get that test back mm-hmm. to make sure to ensure that everyone's safe on the field. Coaches, players, staff members, yeah, everyone should be tested, etc. And when you have someone that you know, you don't know their results, and you're just assuming they're safe and throwing them out on the field with people that aren't clear and they've been tested and they know they don't have it, then you're putting everyone at risk. Yep. And that's just selfish. And and it really it just it really hurts like me because that's just like you're supposed to this like a World Series win is huge. Like that shows like you're the best team in the MLB, but that kind of goes away from me from that sense because Justin Turner was selfish. He's like, I want to play. I don't care if I have it or not. I want to be in this game, mm-hmm. which is, I mean, that's just mind blowing. I, I can't believe he did that yeah. and put that many people at risk. You know, we know this, this, this virus is, is no joke. And he just was selfish. And he was like, I'm, I'm going in the game. I don't care. This is the world series, mm-hmm. but you know, I understand like it's the world series. You know, this is, a very big important game of your career your, of your baseball career but there's there's something bigger going on right now yeah um i'm gonna have to totally agree with you there i have two things one why did the mlb allow justin turner to play in game six of the world series with an inconclusive test result i i know there are, yeah, there it, were storylines throughout the season where somebody had an inconclusive test result and they weren't allowed to play so why was justin turner allowed to play i don't i don't get it i, I don't even care if it's a world series I, how do you allow him to even play with a test result that doesn't have a positive or a negative? You couldn't make out what it was. So how do you let him play? And then only have that backfire in the ninth inning when you have to pull him. And he's been now sitting in the dugout with all his, with all his players. He's been on the field with Tampa Bay Rays. This is, this is huge. And for him to go back out onto the field after they won the world series, fully knowing that he had COVID-19 is just selfish. And it baffles me. It really, it really, it really baffles me that nobody on the Dodgers said anything to him when he came back on the field because everybody on the team knew he had it. I think you know, there's going to be repercussions for this, no question. Oh, Justin I Turner is going to get fined <laughs> and suspended, and I wouldn't be surprised if some of the Dodgers do too. Because this is like, you know, if you know, if including the Dodgers team knew that he had COVID, and they willingly let him go back on the field putting – the entire Tampa Rays team. At it's risk. not even like he was back on the field with a mask on. He was back on the field without yeah, a mask. He was, he was kissing the World yeah, Series trophy. He was kissing his girlfriend. Oh he was next to gosh. Dave Roberts, who's a recovered cancer patient. Like Dave Roberts was one of the people that had questions coming into the season because he had because he's one of the higher affected people of the virus. He's at more danger than other people are due to his due to his previous conditions because he's a cancer survivor. And Justin Turner is sitting next to him in the World Series picture with no mask on. <laughs> It's 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 just selfish, and I and I really hate to tarnish uh, an amazing season for the Dodgers, but this really just messes it up because mm-hmm. you have someone who's being irresponsible and selfish and childish, and they're they're just they're ruining it for everybody. Yeah. You put you're putting your family, the other team's families, other players, I mean, just at risk mm-hmm. for 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 no apparent reason. Yeah. It's fine. You're on the team. You're gonna get a ring. You were there for the majority of the season. It's not like he wasn't there for you know several games like he made it all like he was playing in every single game to this point yeah to game six of the world series so if he didn't play this game that's okay not that he, he shouldn't get hated on that but what he but what he should have done is be like okay i have covid i'm not gonna play it's not a big deal i'm gonna be playing next year as well but he was selfish and he put everyone in harm's way and now he has to deal with the, with the consequences mm-hmm. that's just how it goes yeah i was talking to somebody about it earlier this week and 
I was saying that certain sports leagues are treated differently by certain aspects of the media. And if, let's say LeBron James did this. LeBron James came out, he gets pulled out third quarter, end of the third quarter, because he had an inconsistent going into the game, and now he has COVID. And he go, the Lakers go on to win. LeBron James now goes back onto the court after they win, fully knowing that they have, knowing, knowing that he has COVID. LeBron James would have been ripped to shreds. And there are some media outlets that won't even, that refuse to even talk about this. So I think it just shows certain aspects of society we're at right now. But Justin Turner getting COVID and going back on the field is just, it just doesn't sit well with me. Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. And speaking of, you know, players that kind of are very, I guess, tarnish the game sometimes. Antonio Brown is back in the NFL. Yeah, signing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's come back into the NFL. Let's get your initial thoughts, Nick. What's, I mean, do you think this is a good signing? Is this going to be good for him? Like, for the Bucs? Part of me wants to be like, oh, I'm so surprised this happened. But at the same time, like, I'm not, like, incredibly surprised. There's been rumors about Antonio Brown coming back in the league all season. And now that his suspension's over after the end of this week, Antonio Brown will be able to play starting week nine. Um, I think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, it only makes Tampa Bay Buccaneers more dangerous. Apparently, he's been at workouts. So he was at workouts earlier in the week. And uh, Bruce Arians, the head coach, said he looked phenomenal. Um, he's 31. Uh, he's not going to be the same wide receiver he was on the Steelers. This is not going to happen. But... Put him on a receiving core with Mike Evans already, like already with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. That's insane. That's crazy. Uh, the Bucks are going to be really good. Tom Brady now with another weapon to throw to on Tampa. And I, I think that one thing that's going to be necessary with Antonio Brown is that Bruce Arians has to keep him on a short leash. Like if Antonio Brown screws up once, uh, that's it. He, he can't do much. If he screws up once, you're going to have to get rid of him because uh, yeah, this dude's gotten. How many? How many uh, chances now? Uh, it. I mean, I, I think he's gotten <laughs> too many chances. Um, yeah. To be totally honest with you, so we'll have to see about. He just can't screw up. He's going to be on his best behavior while he's in Tampa. Bruce Arians isn't going to screw around. So, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you know this. Um, I think it's a good sign for the Bucks. They definitely. This just makes them much more powerful, much more stronger. Um, you know, with Brady. I mean, he has now. He has someone even more athletic and I mean, he's not as, as young as he was, as you said, the Steelers, but you know, we know AB to be a very versatile player. So mm-hmm. this just puts even more strength on the <clears throat> Buccaneers offense. But my one worry is, and you, you brought this up is, is he going to be, is he going to create the same drama when he, like when he did with the Raiders and the Patriots? I'm yeah. just worried that there's going to be another situation where he gets either kicked off the team or he decides to leave, or because we know he's he's very prone to bringing chaos and and drama to whatever team he mm, goes. You're 100 correct. And and I think that the coaching staff and the management need to keep him on a, as you said, a, a short lease. They get it. You know, he's got to be, you know, just doing his thing, playing football, and that's about that's it. it. Don't like, don't do anything, anything else. That's mm-hmm. it. Just play football. But that's my one concern is if is that he's going to bring some sort of chaos or drama to this, to this, to this Buccaneers team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And if you listen to me last week, I thought Antonio Brown was going to sign with the Seahawks. The original reports were saying that the Seahawks were like going to be the ones to sign him. And then that changed, that changed 
pretty quickly last weekend. But the Seahawks, I think he would have been a really good fit on the Seahawks as well because they also have two top receivers right now with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So it's sort of the same situation. Um, yeah. Both NFC teams kind of thing. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't go wrong. He was. He was going to a, a great team. He's going to a contender. I mean, both regardless. teams. Yeah, exactly. So we'll have so, to see. I mean, it I think it makes for interesting, interesting football to talk about. It does. I can't wait to. I, I can't mean, wait to know, see him debut next week. It's gonna be cool. We haven't seen him play in. Oh gosh, it's you know, been almost two little, seasons. Almost two. Yeah. Exactly. The last time we saw him play, he was a Steeler. Well, he played what one game That's, last year on the Patriots, but yeah, he played one. He played, yeah, I think he played week two last year on the Patriots, and that was it. Yeah, that, but that was yeah, but mm-hmm. there was still there was like so much going on with him at the time that I don't think he was playing at his at his best. Oh no, and not at all. Just, he was. <laughs> he was no. just kind of. He was just everywhere. Yeah. It wasn't like it wasn't the AB we knew when like I'm back on the Steelers like that wasn't the person. It's like crazy the, it, it, the way the Antonio Brown's career like the downfall of his career happened so fast. Like I think ever I I always looked at Antonio Brown like he was like one of the role models on the Steelers, and then uh, yeah. and then he just wasn't anymore. <laughs> I don't know what happened. There. I mean, you know, it all changes to that Bonsai just... perfect hit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think it was just there's a lot of drama. He brings a lot of drama. He's like he's a he loves the the spotlight and the and the chaos. Oh, yeah. and I think he's a drama one queen. Of, one of his faults, yeah, one of his faults, and when something that brings him down is that he loves to be the center of attention. Mm-hmm. He, he's got to realize that he can't he's he can't be the center of attention anymore. You know he he had his moment in the in the spotlight and he kind of ruined it for himself. Yeah, but it was now he's just kind of you just got to play football now. You just got to do your thing mm-hmm. and just stay stay out of the spotlight. There's no more reason for him to be in the spotlight anymore. 100% agree with you. <laughs> Sticking with the NFL, last weekend we saw the Atlanta Falcons choke in a football game for the third time this season. <laughs> uh, surprise, and this surprise. time they didn't blow a 20-point lead. This time they went ahead. Uh, Todd, they drew up a play when they told Todd Gurley not to score the touchdowns. So they could keep draining clock. They didn't want to have to. They don't want to have to, the Lions to have any time on the clock to score. And one of Todd Gurley does. Todd Gurley trips and falls into the end zone. So they How score you, a touchdown. How does that? They score. Oh they score God. a touchdown and take a lead <laughs> on accident. And the line. It's it was so funny to watch because the whole Lions sideline erupted in cheers. And you know that if the other team's cheering that you just went ahead. Then you did something wrong, and I it's just hysterical. I, mean, I, I can't get over this Falcons team, they just continuously choke. And it's not even the Falcons, it's just Atlanta sports right now because the Braves also blew a 3 1 lead to the Dodgers and the ALCS, um, and the NLCS. So it's just, it's just it's, so it's funny. Crazy. The Falcons, I just are, are atrocious, they're so bad. It's really, it's really upsetting to if you're, I mean, we have a friend. Charlie Norman, if, if you're listening, we apologize because he is a Atlanta Falcons fan. Yeah, and it's tough. It must be tough to be a Falcons fan this season. It's it's. To, I to just don't get least. it because the Falcons, <laughs> on paper, their offense is insane. On paper, their on paper their team is Matt Ryan, Todd Gurley in the backfield with Ito Smith, Brendan Hill, and then wide receiver wise, you have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley, like. You have what's uh, you have Russell Gage. There's no reason for this team to like. I, I feel like offensively, like I feel like it should be a shootout every week, and it's not. 
just so weird. Just, their defense is horrible. It's, like it's, <laughs> their their secondary is really bad, but their offense should be I enough mean, to keep them in games, and it just isn't. Granted, they lost this game by less than a touchdown, but you just can't. These are mistakes that come down to just poor discipline and bad coaching. And you just can't make yeah, these kind of, of coaching, mistakes. Yeah. Like speaking of coaching, like do we do we blame the head coach at this point? Who like who who do we put the blame on for this Falcons team? I mean, I, they've already fired the, they already fired Dan Quinn and their uh, GM Ryan Dimitrioff. Like they've already been fired. Like so, yeah, so Tom like, Dimitrioff, my bad. Um, they they got already been fired. They're under an interim head coach now. You aren't going to fire an interim head coach. They just got to look for a new head coach for next season. I also think it's it's so funny that every time the Falcons seem to blow a lead, for some reason Arthur Blank, who's the owner of the Falcons, seems to be on the field. Like you get the announcer being Arthur Blank is now on Arthur Blank is now on the sidelines, and they blow the game. It's like Arthur Blank yeah, is like a I curse. Mean, <laughs> he might be a curse. I think Arthur Blank it's... is the curse of the Falcons. Yeah, and and here's the thing: is like the thing is that you know the NFC South like. They're they're one in six, and they're not making. I mean, even if they win a couple of games, the they're not making it very far. The because... NFC South is. I don't think anyone's beat. I think Tampa's going to win that division. I don't think it's close. The Saints could make a run yeah. for it, but the Saints haven't the Saints overly could. impressed me this year. And you actually, like the Panthers aren't out of it either. The Panthers, yeah. the Panthers surprised me this year. I didn't. Think the Panthers are going to play this well, and the Panthers are playing really, really well so far. Yeah, uh, Teddy Bridgewater I mean, so, looks fine. He's like, he looks very well. Yeah. He's looked very good. But you know, it's it's it's, it's interesting to see because you look at just the NFC South and the NFC East. I mean, the Eagles are in, in first place in the East. I don't think you can compare the, the NFC South and the NFC East to each other right now. True. The NFC exactly. East are it's by like two far different the worst division, and not even I mean, just football. The yeah. NFC East is the worst division in sports. So yeah, so like the Falcons, if they were in that division, would. Oh, I think the Falcons – I guess if you switch the Falcons with, like, the Cowboys, I think – I guess, like, the Falcons – there's no way the Falcons – the Falcons at least go 8-8. But – Exactly. This division's horrible. I I can't get over this. How is your first-place team 2-4-1? Like, they're – the team that – there's only – they're, in all honesty, it's going to be a team this year that that makes the playoffs and isn't 500. You're probably going to see a 7-8 – we're probably going to see a – what, a 7-9-1 team probably make the playoffs? Yeah, 7-9-1 team, yeah. That's horrible. It's, I mean, speaking of bad teams and seasons that are just slowly disintegrating, uh, the Cowboys versus Washington. Can't I say mean, I was expecting that. Last come week. on, Cowboys! Come uh, on! Can't say I was ex- really? The Cowboys lost twenty-five to three. Come on! The Was- Washington gotta... starting quarterback is Kyle Allen. They benched Dwayne Haskins. <laughs> this team isn't that good. I mean, I, oh my, I, I don't, I am at a loss. They were for playing. Words. A, they were playing. The Dallas Cowboys are playing a Washington practice team. They weren't even playing. They, 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 as you said, their the Washington quarterback wasn't even in. Their first string wasn't aside even in. Aside from like Washington, and they still lost. Aside from like Washington's defense, like aside from Washington's defense, this team isn't good. Their top receiver is Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin's a good wide receiver. But if you look at your other receiver yeah, that but... catches, you had Logan Thomas, Cam Sims, J.D. McKissick, Antonio Gibson. Uh, Antonio Gibson's a rookie. Antonio Gibson, like a rookie who like really nobody really thought was going to like overly explode this year. 20 carries, 128 yards, 6.4 yards per carry, one touchdown against the Cowboys. That's so sad. 
It's it's so. I mean, Andy like, Dalton was also oh, so what? bad. Andy Dalton went nine for nineteen, a- seventy five yards and one interception. But we have to understand that like Andy Dalton didn't play past the third quarter because of that really dirty hit that he took um, from the Washington from a Washington player oh that gosh. left him like unresponsive on the field. So I hope Andy Dalton can play this week. Otherwise, I guess we're gonna see Ben that DiNucci was... play again. He's a seventh round rookie. Uh, he was ben DiN- that hit was bad. He went two for three was for bad. what was his stat line? He went two for three for 39 yards. Uh, he yeah. like, uh, Granted, I don't think they had – they didn't, like, do much. Uh, he's a seventh-round quarterback out of James Madison University. You don't really hear college football at James Madison. Well, here's the thing is, like, you know, that hit, first of all, was brutal it was, on Andy no, I, I, That was a hard that was bad. hit. That was, that was, like, an execution kind of hit. Uh, that was like That, that was, was bad. Mean... And and the at the you know he's not, Andy Dalton isn't a young player so he can't just like come back and be like I'm all right like that was a hard hit and that he was down mm-hmm. I was like oh my god <laughs> so the Ben Genucci you know, era okay, yeah because of that hit now the Ben Genucci era is gonna start in Dallas I guess they're already prepping him to start against I mean, the Eagles because it looks like what's it called it looks like uh, uh my it looks like the quarterback has a concussion like it looks like Andy Dalton probably has a concussion yeah. So Ben DiNucci. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. That was a concussion hit in the half right there. Ben DiNucci but... is going to start for the Cowboys, I guess, on Sunday against the Eagles. Um, it's interesting. Oh ben DiNucci in an interview this week said the Cowboys drafted me for a reason and that this is the Ben DiNucci era in Dallas. So, oh boy. He's oh already boy. a legend, guys. <laughs> he's, already a, he's already a legend. He's already. This is going to be fascinating. I mean... They signed Cooper Rush off the Giants Cowboys. Uh, pra- the Giants, the Giants practice squad. Uh, Cooper Rush was a, I think it was a third string uh, quarterback for the Cowboys last year, so he'll back up Ben DiNucci probably on Sunday. If that's if yeah. uh, if Andy Dalton isn't ready to go at game time. Otherwise, I think yeah. the Cowboys are going to get smacked around this week. It's not even going to be close. <sighs> Sunday, Sunday against the Eagles. Sunday, too. They, yeah, they play the Eagles on Sunday night. I, I Eagles are going to win. And I don't think the Eagles are that good either. Carson Wentz has been horrible this year, so yeah, I, we will see. The Cowboys, I, like I don't know if they're going to get the first overall pick. I still think it's going to go to the Jets. I think it's very hard for the Jets not to get it, even though the Jets don't need a the Jets shouldn't take a quarterback. But um, yeah, would I be surprised if the Cowboys somehow trade into one and take Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely not. They're they they're, they're, they're no, I would not be surprised. I, I think it's a Cowboy tank season now. We'll see. We'll oh, yeah, see. For sure. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. I mean, it's just it's just interesting to see how this Cowboys season has already unfolded so much, from just like week yeah. one to all the way now. I mean, what are you gonna mm-hmm. do, man? It's just it's just it's crazy. Yeah. So moving on to our last segment of this episode, it's timeout. Uh, we're each gonna give our opinion on who we think is the best team in each respective conference so far. Um, for the AFC, I'm going to have to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. What about you, Gabe? I, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers on this one. Um, they're 6-0 and right now for the season. And this Pittsburgh team really just surprises me every week on how good they are. I mean, we know that the Steelers are a good team, but this season in particular, I mean, they have really stepped up their game. I don't know if it's with – uh, Roethlisberger coming back and playing just 
phenomenal from his injury from last season, or it's just they're clicking and they're firing on all cylinders. But this Steelers team, in my opinion, is the best team in the AFC and can really, in my opinion, are in contention to go to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. No I agree question. the Steelers are no a, question. I agree the Steelers are a Super Bowl team. I just don't think anyone comes close to the to the Chiefs right now. They're pretty much every game the Chiefs have played, they've dominated. Uh, the only game oh, yeah, they, they, they lost in the Raiders, and they, that's because the Raiders put up 40 on them. And the only other game they really had like kind of an issue winning was against the Chargers. And the Chargers are have looked very impressive since Justin Herbert's come into starting quarterback there. And those are both division teams. Um, the Steelers, I don't – have they had any division matchups besides the Browns yet this year? I don't, I don't think they have. And they play the Ravens this week. This will, the, they play the Ravens They play the Ravens this week. This will be so, a good tell on are the Steelers legit or not. Um, exactly. So this I think week, the Steelers have the when best. They go, when they play the, the Steelers Ravens. have the best total defense in the league, in my opinion. Uh, their defense is yeah. insane. Their defense are really good. When you have Bub Dupree, T.J. Watt, and you have Mika Fitzpatrick coming at you for the safety, and then you have Mike. You know, what you have Mike Hilton and stuff at uh, cornerback. It's a they have a really good defense. Devin Bush is on that defense too, even though he might be out for the season now with an injury. But you got to look at the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes has hasn't faltered at all. Tyreek Hill is looking really good. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is the second leading rusher in the league, and he's a rookie. Um, and their defense is looking good, too. Chris Jones has looked great. You have Lazarius Le- Sneed, who's a rookie uh, safety, who's looked really good. Uh, Tyrion Matthew. Uh, this team, uh, there isn't anything this team doesn't do well, and now they signed Le'Veon Bell. Uh, so I- I'm going to have to say the Chiefs are the best team in the AFC. I really think that it's the AFC runs through Kansas City this year. Uh, when it comes down to the playoffs and the Super Bowl, like I, I think that they are probably. I don't see how you can bet against them to even be the Super Bowl favorite right now. Yeah, yeah, and I agree. You know, the the, the Chiefs are are a very good team. I think, you know, despite losing to the Raiders and the Raiders, as you said, put up forty on them, but this this Chiefs team, and we knew this from the beginning, are we're going to be a very yeah. good team. Very, mm-hmm. very good team. All right, moving over and to the NFC. To... Um, I'm going to say that the best team in the NFC right now is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, I got to agree with you on this one. Yeah. I got I was, I was thinking about saying the Seahawks, but the Buccaneers. I, I mean, think right now the Buccaneers with are Brady... trying to be the best team in the league. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that, that team – and I think it was – I mean – I don't know if it's having Tom Brady as your quarterback or all the players they they signed over the the off season, but this team is just there's something else right yeah. now, and they're and they're looking good. They're looking really yeah. For good. me, it isn't even Tom Brady that's the selling point for me. Like Tom Brady's looks okay. He's not obvious. He's not prime Tom Brady, but right, what I'm yeah. talking about is the weapons he's got around him. If you look at tight end. Uh, he has Gronk in that Gronk connections back now. Two straight games with a touchdown for Gronk. Um, their defense has played really well. Adama Kinsu has looked great. JPP's on this defense. Uh, they have looked they've looked really well. And then now you add Antonio Brown to what is already an impressive group of wide receivers. Like they have now they have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Scotty Miller, Antonio Brown. They have Cameron Braid at tight end with Gronk. And then at running back, they have Leonard Fournette and Ronald Jones Jr. Now Leonard Fournette's back and he's healthy. And if you look at the last two wins, they beat the Packers 38-10, to 10, which really hurt me to watch. And then they beat the Raiders on Sunday <laughs> 45-20. to 20. Um, 
And aside um, from they should they would have beaten the Bears if Tom Brady didn't have that little bit of a brain fart where he thought it was third down and it was fourth. They were gonna beat the Bears. Um, the only team that's given them issue, well, the only team that gave them really an issue was the Saints in Week One, but the Bucks were still finding themselves at that point. Like they still needed to, they still need to figure out the offense. Brady's a new quarterback and a new system with Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians' system plays a lot different than Bill Belichick's. Um, exactly. we'll see. They play the Giants this week, and that's going to be a, a slaughter. Um, looking at like looking forward, they play the Giants and they go the Saints at home, which is going to be a great game. Then they got the Panthers, the Rams, and then the Chiefs. So it's not like an incredibly easy schedule. So it's going to another, it's going to be another, uh, telling, uh, uh, games to for this team. Yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, I agree with you with week one. I mean, that was – they were just getting their feet steady onto this new team and with Brady as their quarterback. And I think, you know, they were playing the Saints. You know, the Saints are mm-hmm. a good team. And I think as – as I mean, you can look at their progression through the season and through these last several games that they're, they're getting better and better. I mean, you know, despite, as you said, you know, Bears, Tom Brady kind of had a little bit of a, a mishap. But, you know, look at the Packers mm-hmm. game. Look at the Raiders game. Look at like you know now they're going to play the Giants. I mean, no offense to Giants fans, but this is going to be an easy win for the yeah. Bucks. Like, and you can't make the case for the Seahawks. The Seahawks have looked good. Russell Wilson's having an MVP season right now, and that's not a question. Um, yeah. You can make this case for the Seahawks, and you can in some ways make the case for the Packers um, for the NFC. I think the NFC is a little more wide open than the AFC. I think the AFC is really going to oh, yeah, fall sure. go through Kansas City um, or possibly Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not sold on the Titans being five and one, but anyways, that is all the time we have for today. Thank you for tuning into this episode of time out. If you like this episode, you can catch us on VIC radio here at Ithaca college every Saturday at nine 30 AM. Everyone have a happy and safe Halloween. We will see you guys next week.